The blast from our past network. Tell me, do you have a girlfriend, Brody? Had one. We just broke up. The thing. Is this dork made of orange rock like the rest of his body? <laughs> it's a superhero secret. Tell me, Brody, uh, why did you and your girlfriend break up? She was a pain in the ass. She wanted me to be this typical boyfriend guy. Said I was too into my own world, comics and all. Yeah, I can relate. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Tess Janos, and today I have a very special guest. I am so excited he is here. I'm going to try to list the things that he does because I feel like the list of things that he doesn't do is shorter. Um, he is a sideshow's sideshow side podcast host he's the he's on their youtube he's on unsealed and revealed tom and jeff watch batman uh on the gamefully unemployed network and you don't even like sports on the unpopular opinion network you guys he's the comic dude he's jeff may what's up jeff may bruh, bruh. yeah that's yeah. when you're like i'm gonna go through all the things i'm like i don't think you want to do that because <laughs> i don't think we have time professional professional stayer alive is the best way to describe <laughs> Somebody who can survive in this world, not thrive per se, but for sure survive. Survive, just breathe and eat, and and in your case, work out. You're you're out there. You're uh you're in the streets right. working out, man. I well yeah, well you know I have a backyard. Uh, I got like a decent space in my in my backyard because um, I moved last year, and uh, and I have. I used to be a boxer and I have a like a concrete square that's like exactly the right the same size as a boxing ring. Dude, that's awesome. So I can't hit anything, but I'm doing some modified stuff. I feel I feel like shit. Okay. Because of of uh you know quarantine, you yeah. know, cuz I, I yeah. can't do much and I really let myself go food-wise for like all of March and April. Okay. And then so I'm I was like, you. "Oh, you should probably you should probably do something about that. <laughs> we should probably go outside and and play and yeah. yeah. Well, you've, been, Remember, you've been roller rinking it up outside. You've been you've been skating around. Got to man. Got to hit the street. Hit the streets. Why do I keep saying hit the streets? You got to. You got to hit them. I mean, you do, you are literally hitting the streets. I am. I you am. Are, you are. I got a brand new pair of roller skates and all over the streets. Yeah, all, all over this. That's the new song. That's the uh, sequel yeah. to the brand new key song. Yeah. Yeah. No, that absolutely is correct. Are you? Um, were you a a a a derbier? Uh, I was a roller derby girl. I was. What, what was your uh, What was your moniker? Oh, it was Tyra Shanks. That works. That I like works. That. Yeah. It it was 2010. I was 19 and everybody called me Shanks and my number was 95K because that was the police code for illegal carrying of a knife. That works. That's yeah. uh, that's 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 the cool thing about uh, about roller derby is like it's a sport, but like loosely guidelined. It's well, like it's your name can be whatever you want. You're you're it's all part of the pageantry of the process and it's really fun. Yeah, no, it's it's super fun. I love the names. It's like when people see me now and they're like, I have a derby friend. I'm like, cool. They're, I'm like, what's their name? They're like Monica. And I'm like, no, no, no. What are their derby names? And, and you what's know, their that's drag the name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have friends exactly. from from Worcester, Mass that were on a derby team and they ended up uh, dominating on Family Feud. Did they really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can find the episode somewhere, but they they really knocked the shit out of family feud i think they won like five days in a row 
That's incredible. Yeah. And, and they like, were there at representing the roller derby, the culture, if you will. Oh, good, because that culture needs to be represented correctly. I could go on and on about that. Uh, you oh, know. Are you gonna, do you have strong opinions about Whip It? Whip It? Actually, that got me into derby, and I played with a lot of the girls who were in that movie. They were my teammates. Ellen Page. Ellen Page was my teammate. Yep, yeah. she was. And Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and uh, Juliette Lewis. It was huge she, on that team. Yes, yes. And I, what I loved about that was that they actually had real, that's what I'm saying, like they had real derby girls there to teach them what to do. Just like Birds of Prey. They actually, the, the girl who ran their, who taught Harley how to skate and kind of made the formations and stuff like that. Her name is Rachel Rotten, and we were close. Like, I knew her. It was cool. I was like, you oh. Back in the day. Back in before the she, day. Be- back in the day before the prey. What, Dude, what? what? What was that life like? That was, uh, yeah. My but old life is weird, man. It's super it, weird. I, I know. I, like, look back at the regular world, and I'm like, we did that? Like, we hung out, and crowds in in disneyland disneyland was overpacked and we were okay with it i'm glad i'm not a teacher anymore i was gonna say oh my gosh i'm so glad you said that because that's literally my favorite um uh fun fact about you is that you're an ex-history teacher right i'm a retired teacher yeah i didn't even quit i retired i was uh i was offered uh we were all offered money to leave to save money for the uh, budget and i retired and they were like oh we didn't mean you oh well I was like, like, well, I'm, I'm pulling the trigger, so bye. <laughs> Later. I'll take that very small amount of money that you offered me. <laughs> and now you're in the worldwide wonderful world of comics. Like you're I, all up in it, dude. I'm in. I'm in comics. I've been very lucky um, as a as a longtime convention goer. First, uh, going to basement cons um, earlier as a as a teen when I could get there, but uh, you know, in my early twenties, and then. 2004, I went to Wizard World Philadelphia. That was like my first big con. And I was like, oh, I'm addicted. I'm going to do, I want to do this forever. (laughs) Um, So I go to a lot of cons. A lot of my friends are creatives in that world. It's one of the reasons that I am sort of who I am uh, in this world. Yeah, sort of uh, con adjacent, I think is the best way to describe it. Con adjacent. That's awesome. Well, you have a great collection behind you you've got marvel upon marvel and marvel here and yeah whoa it just keeps going oh yeah, i love it I, the camera i panned it over because i have yeah. indie and these are all digest sizes and things like that like it's are all, they in order there's absolutely not no okay. uh i have uh retired and then from retire uh excuse me i've moved and from moving okay. <laughs> uh yeah no kidding right uh from moving i had to relocate and I'm, my brain is really scattered so yeah. i have like it's i have a ton of stuff like i have oh, so much crap and i'm really bad at organizing oh okay just really like i've been waiting for i have a very good friend of mine eric barnes uh is very organized as far as like his collection is concerned and so i said as soon as quarantine is over you're coming here and you're organizing my shelves <laughs> i'll make me. you lunch just organize my shit yeah <laughs> absolutely awesome. just do do please do that and then but i do i have all my trades i have some omnibuy here and oh, i've yeah. got this i've got this one right he here this, silver surfer this damn nice, thick yeah omnibus this was a christmas gift from my special lady friend 
Oh. Uh, when she said, well, what do you want? And we were at a store and I said, well, that would be nice. And she's like, well, then I'll get it. Well, then I... So you've been yeah. a Silver Surfer fan for a while. Um, I've been a... I mean, I'm a comics fan in general, so you sure. give it to me. That's that's cool. And there was all like the the Ron Lim stuff, and, and the, you know the the Jim Starlin cosmic Marvel of the of the 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s. Um, oh, Kree Scroll War and and Operation Galactic Storm stuff like that. I was never a huge surfer fan. I'm actually more of a fan of creators than I am of characters. Totally, I like totally. characters, but I like the creators that gravitate towards those characters. Like I'm a huge Daredevil fan. Because he's kind of like street level and stuff like that. I wasn't a huge surfer fan, but I am a huge Dan Slott and Mike Allred fan. So the fact that they were working together on a book, I was just like, absolutely. Because my favorite book of all time is this book right here called Ecstatics. Yeah. Uh, written by Peter Milligan and then um, drawn by Mike Allred. I love when Allred does superheroes because he's such a sort of non non-traditional way to do superheroes they're not overly exaggerated they're not that sort of like the 90s image comics push of like how do these people wipe their ass kind of right you know it's very smooth very kind of pop art yet realistic body types well, I, it's funny because I was actually going to say the opposite, and I loved, I would love your opinion on this. I feel like Mike's illustration is very classic comic. You know, it's very simple. It's it's retro pop art for okay. sure, but it's not that '90s aesthetic that has sort oh. of um, crept in with like the Rob Liefeld, the Jim Lee, uh, even the Mark Silvestri, which is like over exaggerated proportions. When okay. you look at when you look at the the heroes in an all red drawn book, they look sort of like sixties strong men, not okay. sort of these like big, massive, bulky, muscular. Yeah. Like Batman and Superman cover. when they're overdone kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The st- his style is really great. And I think Dan Slott is, I mean, I wouldn't say he's underappreciated because he's doing quite well for himself in the world of comics, but yeah, I think he's a, the best Spider-Man writer of all time. So to see him sort of taking this side gig with Silver Surfer, uh, I started buying it from the very beginning, and I was uh, an addict. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about Sil- Silver Surfer, because I started reading it, and I was, like, into it, and I couldn't stop. Like, it's just a fun ride. I mean, ha, literally. Yeah. Hey. It, it's um, a fun modern take. Yeah. You know, it used to be, you know, Silver Surfer was very much kind of like Gloomy Gus. And you get that vibe from him in this, but he was kind of like this, like, oh, I'm destined to be alone. And that was like his big, <laughs> yeah. his big thing is that, you know, throughout the years, he's been this pariah because he was used as a weapon for Galactus to find, you know, he was a tool to find uh, planets to devour. And and he so since he was freed, he was always very much like this kind of hippy dippy free thinking uh, in the acid era of comics kind of guy. And we've had interesting stories with him. You know, he was very much sort of like this big power player in in Galactic Marvel. You know, the Thanos stuff, the Galactus stuff, the Mephisto. Like, he's never really going up against small uh, enemies. But this really, this is a beautifully small story in a massive grandiose tale. Yeah, I noticed that. I went to go see what other ones there are. And there's like, he just... Okay, so I was surprised to see Hulk and Doctor Strange and Fantastic Four in here. I was like, whoa, like they're here. They're all here. 
they are well Hogan and and um uh dr strange wouldn't surprise you because um they are the defenders okay. with uh with namer so namer dr strange hulk and silver surfer are like the classic defenders team so it would make sense that that slot would sort of add those two characters um, okay. into the situation with making namer probably inaccessible because he was under the sea oh. um See, like, my Marvel inf- like uh, knowledge is backwards because I didn't get into comics until, like, two years ago, and I've just been hyper-obsessed since keep, then. Keep absorbing them. Yeah, and so, like, I was introduced to Marvel movies first, and so I've hardly done any diving into, like, the classic Marvel characters. So this was, this was my knowledge grew with this one. So I didn't, I would not have known that. This is a good sort of version of that because it doesn't cram it into you or confuse you too much it's just saying here you go here's some information and like you don't you didn't need the defenders information to Mm -hmm. enjoy that like you didn't need to have that it was still it might have surprised you a little bit but it didn't change or alter the story in any way right like if they weren't in there i'd have been like cool it's the same story it's just like at one point when he needs dr strange to reveal that the lord of nightmares is actually like casting this illusion over the Mm -hmm. earth that's when he needed him but literally that character could have been any weird galactic guy and we would have believed it but it just happened to be dr strange that we were like oh shit like this this is even cooler now you know yeah and and it does all tie in and that really i think works well to the marvel sort of aesthetic and storytelling of the 1960s that Mm. that sort of intertwined everything together so when you you would have you know spider-man meeting the fantastic four and the fantastic four introducing silver surfer who will then hang out with dr strange who was introduced in a different book marvel did a really good job of that where dc kept everybody mostly to their own cities and then started to realize they could team them up and work them together but marvel started on that footing which i think was very smart on their part and i'd say that you are as far as comics go i think your story is what is best for comics right now i think i think new fans are the most important demographic in comics totally um and and new fans are 1000 percent from uh brought to us uh, from the movies uh yeah there are there's these there are these there's like an old guard in comics that 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 they don't feel like they should cater to new readers while never remembering that they themselves were new readers sure even if they were kids when they were new readers like that's why people don't jump in and that's why i didn't jump in because i was like what do you mean it's issue 459 of hulk i love hulk where do i start i don't want to start at the beginning that's a lot of issues like i don't want to catch up and so i'm glad that they have these moments where they reboot sometimes and i i will say this too is that the best resource you could possibly have uh to get into comics is a local comic store I would mm-hmm. say 99% of employees at comic stores do not fall under the classic Simpsons archetype. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you, you know, you, you dare get into my, you know, hobby? How dare you? Um, for the most part, you know, ask anybody, like, this is the character that I like. Because I also worked at a comic store. Oh, you did? Oh, my gosh. You've done everything. Yeah. What have you not done? Cool. I worked at... I have done a lot of things. None well. A lot of things. But <laughs> no, I worked at a comic shop called That's Entertainment in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay. It was my local comic shop since I was 10 years old, whenever I would get a ride into Worcester, and my parents would take me there. Um, I got a job there when I was around 30. 
So I was a customer oh. there almost 20 years. I was, just, it was just, I was the back issue guy. Okay. But almost everybody there would be there for you. Like if you came in and said, I, I like, I, I want to learn more about the silver surfer. I'd like to read some of his stuff. Where can, where can I start? And they might say, oh, well, we have this classic reprint of the, you know, Fantastic Four from when he first arrived. Um, but there's also this great book by Dan Slott and Mike Allred, or there's this book, Silver Surfer Black, that just came out, or, you know, a story by J. Michael Straczynski that was, and they, they can point you to good touchstones because that's their job. Right. And, and f like, as a new fan, it's, I guess, your job to be a little confused. Which, yes. they don't, which is why Marvel keeps saying oh, we have a new number one because people will start at a number one and then they'll they'll start reading. Um, and that's mm -hmm. also why, if you've noticed in trade paperbacks lately, there are like maps of comics that say yeah. if you if you're interested in this, here's this the thread of stories that can help you out. Yeah, that's brilliant because not only is that giving you that information, but it's also selling more books for them. Uh, yeah, it's smart. Like, that's the thing, though. People, whenever they come up to me or they come, some people have come on the cast and they're like, I don't know where to even start or where to even begin. It's like, you just have to, you just have to ask. Like, the scary, the most scary, the most scariest, yep, uh, part is to, like, just ask people. And that's what I have found in my two year, almost two year journey here is that I've, I've actually made a lot of comic friends, a lot of friends that I like, you know, I've like, I feel like we nerd out together and it's awesome, but it was because I'm constantly asking questions and I'm not afraid to be like, okay, wait. Uh, and, and I don't preface it with, this is a dumb question. It's like, yo, why is there a silver man surfing in outer space, but he was a bad guy before, but now he's good and he saves other planets. Like what? You know what I mean? It's like, that's huge too, because I really feel like there not knowing something like being ignorant of information should be no reason for anyone to feel ashamed. Sure. Um, if, if you don't know something, you shouldn't feel ashamed. If you reject learning about something, have all the shame you want, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but like going to a store and it is hard. You're right. It's hard to say, I don't know what to do because I'm an adult. I don't know where to adult. begin. Yeah, yeah. You're an adult. And that's a mm -hmm. hard sentence to say is I don't know what to do, but I've learned even where I'm, you know, I mean, I've been around the block in comics and stuff, but yeah, yeah. I've also heard of things where I was like, oh, I've never even heard of this. I just recorded a podcast with a guest who said, oh, I, I've been reading, you know, I think it's called like the ice cream man. And I was like, I've never heard of this in my life. Oh, and he uh, explained it to me. I was like, how did I not know about this? But you just, there's only so much information you have. I mean, yeah. I have behind me about a thousand trade paperbacks and I think mm. of myself essentially as a library to anybody that that is interested if if somebody's like oh i've never read invincible i'm like i'll loan you the first volume and then if you like it the next nine like because <laughs> i got them <laughs> i got them what, what am i gonna like hoard them like i don't care yeah i don't know why i still there. have all these everything's digital now I could just everything is digital so now and that's space. where i read silver surfer actually which was cool because i think it's i mean i like both i like reading trade paper back i like having it like in my hand but i also like reading it digitally because the colors like uh, light up from the back you know what I mean it just kind of yeah. brings it more to life for me hey you, you know what for everybody that is a purist and prefers uh the printed page there are people that like the benefit of the digital page and there's mm -hmm. literally nothing wrong with that there are great comics that are told specifically for that format as well I believe a book called power play I know the artist was Riley Brown um was this really great 
thing that used the digital format to its highest level. Um, mm-hmm. And like it wouldn't have worked on the printed page. And that I think is, is the oh. greatness in the option is that you have, you have a new form of storytelling in digital. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. I am so glad that you're here because this, especially for like this classic character here, um, I don't have like a crap ton of questions, but I definitely like, this is, this guy's new to me. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're like, you love him because I love him now. I do like him. I, I, I'll be honest. I like the book more than I like the character. Like I don't own any yeah. like Silver okay. Surfer merch really. I feel that. I feel that. But this book is so wonderfully and perfectly told that it gave me the affinity for the character. Whereas sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see a character and you're like, well, that's just the coolest. That's the yeah. coolest visual I've ever seen. I'm super into that. Right. Okay, so I'm going to jump into a little summary here so we can catch everybody up on the one that we are reading today or reviewing today. Today we've got Silver Surfer New Dawn. We read volume one. The Silver Surfer Surfer Sentinel of the Cosmos is often alone on his quest to defend space. All that changes when Surfer meets Earthling Dawn Greenwood, a young woman determined to push the Surfer's boundaries, plus the introduction of the villain known as Never Queen. When Surfer tries to return Dawn home, he finds in his strangest battle yet with Shuma Gorath. So this is, it's, I mean, I am kind of new to obviously new to comics i'm kind of new to what the idea of a story arc is and does this one have two story arcs in five issues uh well i think most are going to um okay single single point story arcs are generally not strongly written so like even if most comics you've read there may have been ones that you didn't uh you didn't notice or something like that. Like this one has, has a couple of different points in the arc. And obviously you have the two main characters, mm-hmm. uh, the silver server, Norrin rad, as well as, um, Dawn, uh, as mm-hmm. well. And I'm, well, I don't know why I'm blanking out on her last name. Greenwood. Greenwood. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you have this sort of like these two intersecting tales of somebody who is sort of cursed to wander space. And right. then somebody who has cursed themselves Ooh. to stay on earth. So you have a very heads and tails, you have a heads and tails uh, thing. And and the, what it really comes down to is you have this girl who doesn't have a wanderlust. She's just mm-hmm. there. She's mm-hmm. happy where she is. She's content being home. And the Silver Surfer is sort of like this kind of, like I've said it before, like hippy dippy, like yeah. you know, I'm surfing the cosmos and I'm, I'm trying. He's got a very Buddhist vibe to him. Like there's a very Zen Buddhism aspect to him and then he sort of is called upon to be a champion and she is uh without her consent and unwillingly abducted um and brought into what is essentially a space prison to serve as a a sort of incentive for him yeah so when we first meet him he's a bad guy essentially right I mean, well, when we, oh, when we first meet him, like ever, when we met him back years ago, when she's a little girl. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, he was, he was, um, a herald of Galactus and and what a herald of Galactus means is that Galactus is a devourer of worlds. He, he, he comes by and he eats worlds. It's how he, it sustains life. And what it would do is it would imbibe, uh, imbibe that is probably not the word, but endow, excuse me, the power cosmic, which is sort of like a piece of like this sort of like massive amount of, of spatial knowledge and awareness and power 
into an individual to then find them to find suitable planets for consumption. And why would he consume them just to like crave his hunger to live? Yeah. Power. Okay. It's it's the same reason we eat, you know? Okay. Um, But like, so that makes the silver surfer a monster. And he was, he had brought many and they, they hint at it in the, in the book that they bring it up a lot. Uh, where, and she'll be like, kind of like, but why does everyone keep calling you Harold? He's like, it's, it's not important. And, and in the further volumes, that's going to come to a boiling point. They are setting up this whole thing where he's purposefully avoiding telling her what he did. Um, yeah. and sort of this story does sort of really deal with, um, the repercussions of our actions, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. shame and, and sort of like almost like the lack of good that shame does. And, and how action is, is, you know, like, are you, if you were this person and you helped destroy trillions of lives, potentially, uh, are you, and and you have since, uh, sort of, uh, refuted that you have have pushed it away. You have fought to protect people. You have sort of shirked that responsibility and that role. Are you still accountable for those actions right 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 have you have you done enough have you you know are you allowed to change and we don't see that change either it's like just quickly 12 years later he's like i'm a change man and i'm saving this little planet and you're like okay and that for me like i guess we didn't necessarily need that but like we don't see it well you got that information in a couple pages i got that information over 50 years of continuous comic storytelling because you know i mean his first appearance i believe and i normally know this and i i don't off the top of my head it's fantastic 448 i think and fantastic four is much further along than uh than 48 issues <laughs> yeah um, for sure i think it was uh it, that was 1966 Oh, when wow. the Silver Surfer has first appeared and it was sort of considered a villain for a very short time because he turned is that what immediately. He, so is it, was that what he was created for to be a villain though in the Fantastic Four comics? He flipped immediately. Oh, like, like he copy. kind of he turned real fast. Okay. So he was brought in to sort of he was brought in as a villain, but with the okay. intent of the creators to switch him and be sort of the the thing that changes it. So we're looking at about 54 years of stories involving yeah. the Silver Surfer. Uh, and that, that doesn't, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's been around for a while. So while I know personally all of the information, uh, not all, but I know a lot of the information. <laughs> no, all I the know, information. <laughs> I know his roles in the Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War and the Infinity Crusade and, and all mm-hmm. these other like big cosmic storylines and these connections in like in Defenders and all these things. So I have all that information. So I know that all it took for you was a couple panels to get that same information. And that's a great trick by the storytellers mm-hmm. to summarize in a very short period of time what took me a long period of learning relatively useless knowledge. Right. <laughs> Not <laughs> full on pop culture consumption on my, in my end. Yeah. So 50 years and two pages for me. Cool. Yeah. That's all it took. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and then, so it really sets him up here and we meet Dawn, which it's funny cause they keep bringing up Dawn. She's 
It's called New Dawn. Um, and she's a twin. And when she's 12 years old, her and her little sister wish on the star. And the star is Silver Surfer. And that's when we learn that he wants to destroy Earth. Um, and then they cut to uh, the now, and he's saving planets and and uh, just little planets that we know of. The first one, I mean, I assume he's he's saved a bunch of planets at this point. Trying, like you said, yeah. he's trying to make Save up the Earth. things. Save the Earth, yeah. And then we are introduced to my favorite place, Empiricon. <laughs> this place is crazy. It's uh, bigger it, than any five planets combined, I believe, is how they put it. That's nuts. Um, and uh, and then we meet in the incredulous Zed, who has three mouths on his face, one on his neck. <laughs> and he uh, asks Silver Surfer to get what is called, um, I'm blanking, it's like the heart of, uh, no, he wants he, him to kill the Queen of the Nethers. Queen of yeah, the, the Never Nevers. Queen. Yeah. Never uh, Queen. Yeah, so what, what, he, what he's basically doing is he's putting a hit out on the Never Queen and do we do we spoil why is that what is that what yeah we're going sure man so, what, and, if it makes sense. we're finding out that the reason that he is putting out this hit and he puts himself as being sort of this very big he's he thinks of himself as a humanitarian he's actually just this capitalist who created yeah. a resort and that resort is powered by the heart of the never queen and the never queen is um so that's a new character that we're being okay. introduced to in silver surfer but she is the quote paramour of a character that we've known in Marvel for a very long time, which is Eternity, which is the physical embodiment of all things. Okay, so he's and she all marries things. him here. Well, there. Well, it makes sense that they'd be partners because he's all things, and she's all things that may be. Aha! So, so, I see. So, Slot and Allred work really well together in combining and finding like what would the partner of Eternity be? Well, it would be what can be potential, if you will. Yeah, that's so what good. is versus what can be. Right. That's and then good. Silver, Silver Surfer realizes that, you know, he, he goes to sort of attack the Never Queen and realizes this is this is a trick. This is a trick. A, yeah. And she's like, no, he took my heart. And he's like, well, didn't know that shit. And so then he finds this dead soldier's armor. He puts it on. And this is the first time that we see like half of his human face. And, I, and then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not always a bowling trophy. Like it's, yeah. you know, he turns into a human. Yeah. He was uh, Norin Rad of Zen La. And, he, and uh, okay. Galactus was going to devour Zen La. Um, and he saw that and basically sacrificed himself and said, spare my planet and I will help you find others. So it was kind of like this very Faustian deal. But that's how he got his power in the first place. Uh, and, he, and when he takes the silver, he silvers down, which I think is cool. Yeah, like that. he just powers it down. Powers down. Um, and then I, okay, this is the part that I love. So whenever there's like a main gal in a story, especially when it comes to a story that's been around for a while, I'm very much like, mm-hmm, like, what's this story going to be? Like, where are we going with this? Yeah. And I think they did an amazing job with Don Greenwood. They made her, they made her a badass, dude. Like, I was impressed. I was like, heck yes. She, they've, they made a really great character because she's very conscientious, sweet, and polite, but mm -hmm. also... Um, assertive and uh, frees herself. She, you know, she's held yeah, in prison so and, and figures out how to freeze everybody. So when she and the surfer first meet, she's like, "Don't worry, I'll rescue you." And yeah. It's a very sweet, <laughs> like she's she's very 
like he's like no we have to leave these other people aren't important and she's like no every life is important here and we need to work together and so it really she brings sort of that that humanity versus the pragmatism that he has where he's like, no, no, sure. no, we have to go because this is very important. It's like, mm, yeah, everybody here needs yeah. to be taken care of. Yeah. So, Their missions collided. It's like, he, yeah. he's like, I'm only to save you. And she's like, well, I want you to save all my new friends. <laughs> yeah. These people are, these people count. Yeah. And so, my favorite part, the reason why Don Greenwood is now in the silver surfer's life is because Zed like was like, you better go get the heart or um, destroy the queen of nevers because I'm going to, and I'm going to hold somebody hostage that you love and adore. And he's like, I have no idea who this girl yeah. is. <laughs> it's the great finish to the first episode. Like, I don't know who this is, um, <laughs> but she, you know, and it's sort of this, this sort of connection that is tethered, which is a great sort of, it's not an aggressive mystery, but it is very mysterious that to pull the most important person of your life and it's somebody you've never met. And it's like, well, why? <laughs> and we start to discover that there are there are themes that we see follow through throughout this book. Um, the the groundwork is laid very well. Some are very obvious, mm-hmm. like him sort of changing the subject whenever something is brought up about his old life. But then mm-hmm. there are other things like the concept of infinity. Um, the concept of infinity is actually going to culminate in an issue that won an Eisner, uh, for, oh. uh, that won the Eisner for best single issue in 2016. Um, and that is because it is essentially an issue that is told as a Mobius strip. Okay. So it, it, it keeps sort of, uh, twisting and turning it's in on itself and it's brilliant. That's it, a it's, great way to do a story, man. Like just keep us there. I mean... That's why it won the Oscar, the comics Oscar, you know, um, but it is awesome. great. And, and, you know, Mike Allred's partnership with with uh, his partner, Laura Allred in the colors uh, really pops. She knows how to color him really well, um, always has. And and the sort of the way the paper works here, the way the colors work, like it really is sort of a Allred's time to shine here. And Slot writes for him really weird. Mike Allred really excels when he's given an opportunity to do the fantastic. Um, oh, okay. It's why ecstatics is so great. It's why when he did FF with Matt fraction, um, it was like a weird version of the fantastic four. So it wasn't the classic characters, but it really, you allow Mike Allred to sort of go crazy and design and be goofy and fun. Uh, and that's really where he shines and he nails it with all these different alien species here. He totally does. Even just the his interpretation of outer space, it's very literal, but also his own at the same right. time, you know? Yeah. And like the infinity and how he has infinity and Queen of Nethers nevers marry each other. It's like, yeah. it's really beautiful. Yeah, the, Eternity's always been an interesting character to to see how, how he's manifested. And in the end, it's interesting to see that, that Eternity has to cast out Zed and and send him to to what is essentially the nothing um and it's it's throughout the whole thing you can see the compassion of um decisions okay yeah but you know where he's like i i hate you know you were a part of me and i have to cast you out and it hates me to do it but you know it's like cutting out cancer like you're you can't be here anymore and Silver Surfer says something as well when he he ends up having to kill him where he's like, I didn't want this to be the thing. So there's a lot of regret in the taking of lives, which 
I think is something that's relatively new in comics uh, is, is that sort of the heroic, the compact, well, I mean, not new. I've, I've seen it in a lot of things. I mean, Spider-Man, you know, they all have these rules of not killing, but I mean, you see that Silver Surfer is a pragmatist in there and he, he values, you know, it's very Spock. It's very, the goods of the many must be weighed and considered and, yeah. and to see him have the compassion throughout this, it's great. And then, when they return home and we get to see him sort of dealing with um, nightmare, which is another sort of classic Ooh, Marvel character. Those. Yeah. He's, he's a very sort of like, uh, you know, almost Neil Gaiman, the cure kind of like goth uh, yes. villain, um, you know, the, the sort of the ruler of the nightmare realm. And, you know, he's always been big in, in the cosmic stuff as well as like the hell stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Hellstrom and, and Ghost Rider and all these different characters, uh, Doctor Strange, etc. So it's really cool to see Nightmare in here. And they told yeah, the story really well. They did. They did. And even before, so like they grab the heart, they give it back to the Never Queen, and she's like, thank you, da, 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 goodbye, and then cast him out. Um, and then they, so before they even enter Earth, issue four they meet the guardians of the galaxy which is so cool (laughs) it's smart that they did that i mean the when you think about it the reason to do this uh, primarily is to sell books i mean Mm -hmm. you're looking at you know this is probably what 2015 guardians came out in 2013 or 2014 they're that young really well guardians the movie okay okay. Uh, i mean guardian the guardians of the galaxy are from the 70s but oh i didn't know that you know uh but so you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy was an insanely popular movie. So if you're trying to sell some books, who do you put on the cover? It used to be you put Wolverine on the cover or Venom or, you know, Spider-Man, although Spider-Man still works. Um, but here it is, you know, you put the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Silver Surfer's meeting up with the with the Guardians. I saw them in the movie. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. And it's a pretty cool experience. They, you know. Yeah, it is. And they're like, basically, what, they, what did Don say? She said, are you guys the... Um customs not the say it again it's customs yes yes like customs and they're like no we're not and they and then they say uh are you bringing any sort of weird fauna or something like that and she's like is a raccoon in a tree asking me this right now they're like yeah yeah there's a great line where star lord is like we are not we're nothing like customs and then it cuts to the next panel when they say so are you going to earth for business or pleasure uh and it's just this really kind of like rolling your eyes uh kind of a situation yeah i love how they combine like end of the world end of possibilities end of planets with like this customs joke like they just kind of they keep the the comedy alive in it and so that's what makes it really fun to just glide through this comic that's what i really enjoyed it reads fast the book reads really fast um and you have to sort of remind yourself to take a minute to pay close attention to the visuals because they are so strong yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. If you if you go too fast, you might miss something. Mm-hmm. So they, which also they get, makes it a great reread, by the way. A, a great reread, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, but if you just want something fun, this is it. Seriously, this is great. Um, and then oh yeah, and then we got Captain Marvel and and Spider Man's up in here, and then uh, and then we see Hulk and Doctor oh, Strange. Oh, it's, for the it's first actually time. Venom. It's Venom. Oh, that's oh ca- see? Okay, Venom. So, so that's actually Agent Venom. That's so okay. uh, under there at the time, it was Flash Thompson. Uh, Flash Thompson, you might know from Spider-Man. Uh, in, in the Spider-Man movies, he's one that keeps calling him Dickwad and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
in the comics, he was like this big jock. Uh, and he actually joined the military and he lost his legs in the military. Oh. So he, he was uh, he was injured and he's a P, not a POW, but he was injured in war. Uh, he was a veteran. And uh, so the Venom symbiote went on to him and he became, you know, obviously it, it, it created legs for him. And he sort of became this sort of this agent on Earth. And then it would make sense because the Venom is an alien that mm-hmm. they would they would he would sort of be drafted into the Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's why he looked like Spider-Man, but it was actually, yeah, it was Venom and it was Flash Thompson Venom. <laughs> that's awesome. And like, I, I like that, like we were bring, talking about it earlier, but like now that I'm thinking about it, like I like that they do bring in all these characters that we're really familiar with. But at the same time, I'm also like, it takes me out of it. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's a comic book. Like I don't always like it, you know, it's, and as, as a new reader, I'm not attached to all those characters other than from the movies. And then we see them here, and I'm like, well, if we left them out, would we have needed them for the story, or were they just for, like, you know, enjoyment? And it's up to the, the reader, really. I mean, Easter eggs don't hurt, you know? True. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loves a hidden Mickey. So uh, we uh, we go into Earth here, and Hulk and Doctor Strange, they're they're fighting some all of the universal monsters, which I was like, oh, okay. And that was, like, two pages. We're like, okay, all right. Four for all right, yeah. Yeah. And then so Silver Surfer and Dawn, they go, they surf into Anchor Bay and she's like, oh, my God, this is where I live. Thank you so much for bringing me home. He's like, OK, cool. Yeah, we're here. Can I uh, add something too about the Universal Monsters and why Please. that was that why that was important to put them in there is they're fighting the Universal Monsters and they, they sort of vanquish them. And then there's a guy that's next to them and he goes, thank you so much. I've been afraid of them since I was a kid. And that's the clue as to what's going to be happening throughout this, the rest of the storyline, which is personal nightmares. So Dr. Strange and the Hulk are dealing with the personal nightmares of the people that they interact with. And that's why it's going to roll itself through in that process. I did not pick up on that at all. That, okay. Then I love that more. Cause I was like, wow, that's okay. Cool. It's Frankenstein. Well, it's, Comics are such a limited space. You only get 22 pages um, to tell your story. So you have to economize every every word bubble. Because also, word bubbles, like, you don't want to cover up someone like Mike Allred's art with unnecessary words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so with something like that, when you have the economy, like, everything these characters are going to say is being said for a reason. So why have this guy say out loud, oh, thanks, I've been scared of these for my my whole life and of course black and white universal monsters don't exist in the real world so that's giving us a hint as to what is going to be the theme of this next story arc which is personal nightmares and then what what the personal individual nightmares say for the entire scape of the of the planet right and this is what's so great about having you on is because, like, you've talked to umpteen, like, actual, like, amazing comic writers and comic <laughs> artists. So you've heard their story. You know what They're all what terrible happens. people. They're all awful people. Don't, oh, don't, good. <laughs> all, the whole lot of them. Garbage. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but I also used to teach classes on stuff like, on, like, uh, pop culture and how to sort of consume entertainment in, in, in a way that maximizes information. Um, Interesting. Finding... Well, I mean, it's it was a job that I could create. It was like a summer class for in uh, it was an enrichment course for like gifted and talented kids. Um, I mean, anyone could take it, but who's going to go to school uh, in in, the in August? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but the, and the class was very much like, let's talk about why things are the way they are in these movies and these TV shows and comics and cetera like that. So wow. it, it creates sort of a, a, a reason to study these things and a, and a, a critic, not necessarily critical, but a, a more intelligent eye when you're watching something. So you can pull symbolism out a little bit more and you understand why Optimus Prime is Christ or something like that or, <laughs> yeah. or weird stuff like that. And you just, you just, it, it was a fun class that paid my rent for the summer to do what I wanted to do. So yeah, that sounds like a dream job. And I would love to take that class. That no, sounds was, awesome. <laughs> I used to say it's such a scam because the kids were loving it. I was loving it. I was getting paid for it. And something really important was being taught. I was like, this can't be real, but it was, it was so real. Yeah, it's like an AP lit in The Great Gatsby when white stood for innocence. And I was like, what? I don't yeah. understand. Green yeah, it's so boring. <laughs> but if I'm What's like, it? let's talk about RoboCop, you'd be like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did a whole Break it unit down on, for me. <laughs> we did a whole unit on RoboCop, man. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. Like you're seriously like you're living the dream, dude. That's it's so cool. Like I love like your Instagram is just full of all your amazing like comic book adventures and like you're living like <laughs> the dream that probably baby Jeff wanted, you know? <laughs> well, I've I had this um I had said this story or a story, but like I was going to a He Man convention. Oh. A, <laughs> okay, good and, story to start. Go. And I, I, I think I, I read it was like a tweet or a Facebook status or something where I was just like, I was like, I'm on my way to a He-Man convention that I am paying to go to with money that I got paid to by talking about comics. And if you <laughs> asked seven-year-old me if that's what the future was going to be like, he'd say, fucking yeah, of course that's what the future is like. Now leave me alone, you old creep. Like, <laughs> what... I do. I will say this because I do get a lot of people that uh, do say that sentence to me out loud that they say, mm -hmm. wow, man, you're living the dream. And I'll say, OK. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do I do to do that? And I was like, it's easy. You want to get paid to do podcasts. All you have to do is do that for free for like five years and eat shit forever. Right. And then someday <laughs> you can make a mild amount of money doing that. <laughs> and you just move That's up from all there. you got to do. All I got to like. Like I might be, but I make I make a fraction of what I made as in one year as a teacher every really? year that I do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know, this this scape is very, very it's very filled. <laughs> There's a lot of sure. people here. Um, you know, you have to build whatever you you know, whatever fan bases you build. You have to create mm -hmm. a skill set. You have to be have a reputation about these things and, and it takes a long time. And I've had this discussion with people and maybe it's not the best time to talk about it, but like, because everybody talks, mm -hmm. everybody thinks they can do it professionally. And Bingo. there's a lot of hard work and hard lessons that are taught through that process. If that tracks. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, when I look at stuff that I recorded five or six years ago and I'm like, Ooh, some stand-up from back then. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have said that. I say but you that gotta now. start somewhere, man. Like that's the thing. Yeah, you just know? do it. Do it. I would say if anybody wants to do the things that I do, just do it because you love it, not with the expectation that you are going to be rewarded for it. Because at best, success in this realm is going to be working very hard for a long time for not a lot of money. 
God, yeah, and, but but you but like you wake up every day and you got like your wall of comics over there. You've got you know your contact list of all these amazing oh. people who make incredible stories that change lives. You know you get to meet you know and and it's like you're living the dream, but also like. I, I assume like it's just you come to a point where it's you're counting the dollars, sure, but also like is your heart full? You know? Well, yeah, like my life is dope and I do dope shit. Like I I, <laughs> I do really enjoy that. Like I you know I I get to do this, but you know I I think about my old life and what I sacrificed to do this, and sure. and I went sure. from being a fan, which I technically still am, uh, but to somebody that is in this realm, but in a very unique in a unique thing because I'm not a creator in a way that's collectible. Okay. And I've had this conversation with a lot of, uh, of people in, in sort of the comics community because they have a very sellable commodity in comics, especially artists, artists as an art, you know, if if I wanted to, if I were an artist and I was doing sketches, you know, you can command a lot of money for that, doing original artwork, reselling your artwork, stuff like that. It's a lot harder to just do like a, like a, like a sketch podcast for some, like to just throw a podcast together for somebody and the amount of work, time, effort, and, and, and energy that goes into that, it's not really collectible. So it's a weird sort of thing that's put out into the ether. It's, you, you know, yeah. it is to tie back to sort of the silver surfer vibe we've been getting. There's a very sort of Zen Buddhism aspect to being a sort of content producer sort of, talking head person because you are just sort of yeah. putting your voice out to the ether and just saying goodbye yeah and, and hoping Press play <laughs> yeah hoping people enjoy it and then hoping people will find a way to get you money for doing it and that's right. hard it's so hard yeah but and then here's the thing though like and you know you live in la you see it all the time people move here because they have you know and it's amazing their stories of how they got here you know and you probably have a story about how you got here and um the thing is like i've seen people that come here and then within their first year whether it's acting voice acting podcasting whatever you have to do to be in la to want to you know live your dream they give up within like a year in because they think that it's supposed to let your come you come here and you find the pot of gold and you go live happily ever after <laughs> but like you're saying it takes umpteen years and tons of heart to to get there it's i i have i've mentioned this before so if somebody if anybody here listening has listened to a bunch of my stuff before this may sound redundant but it's never about how much you want it because we all want it it's about right. how much you're willing to sacrifice to get it and that's an ugly question to have to ask because you will lose a chunk of your sanity, you know, financial sure. stability, uh, people yeah. in your life, uh, time. You'll lose so much time. Uh, it, it is a harrowing world. Uh, and I want people that really want to do it to be successful, but I want to give them sort of the realities of that. And it's Good. the same way with art in comics and writing comics. I mean, I look at, you know, when you look at these creators and you look at, at people like Mike Allred and, and for every, you know, one, you know, major title that he's drawing or, you know, uh, the fun like Silver Surfer and Batman 66, he's done tons of independent stuff that he paid sure. for out of pocket and he put these things out there. Um, Dan Slott was writing Ren and Stimpy comics in the early 90s. Wow. You know, like he was writing sort of stuff that was just tossed to him like a bone to a dog and he worked his 
he worked his way up there and he suffered and and now he's sort of marvel's you know one of his their go-to stand standalone guys yeah so Damn. it's it's it, the realms are very similar so you know if you want to get into comics or you want to get into podcasting or stand-up comedy or or anything like that like to make the transition from fan to creative is a lot harder than you think but it's also easier to start like it's not hard to start it's hard to dive in and and be successful and i was stupid because when i got into stand-up i was just like oh i'm gonna retire and then i will move to los angeles stand-up will be my career and that will be the life that i have and i didn't i didn't think about the rest i didn't i kind of stupidly dove into the deep end and didn't check how deep it was and it turns out four feet and electricity came out of my neck when i my bottom hit my head at the bottom <laughs> oh no uh, no but like this is a very fun book and it's a very refreshing yeah. i'm just like pulling it all the way back to silver surfer after that reality check let's get cosmic um yes uh, the book is very good. There, there's always sort of the looming specter of Galactus uh, mm-hmm. in here. He's he's you know they call him the Herald, but what what that builds to is a rich tapestry of a story that lasted uh, for a good amount of time, but in my opinion, not long enough. But I do like when stories are done. You know, okay. I I like that the Silver Surfer has a beginning and an end. And then, uh, yeah. and then they leave it up to like, and now other people can. Whereas stories like Amazing Spider-Man and stuff like that, it's like, oh, it's issue eight hundred and forty-five now, and you're yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, and they're like, remember that guy in issue one hundred and five? He's back, and you're like, yeah. well, shit. <laughs> Which I love, I love yeah. that. And, but at the same time, you're like, man, this is ne- literally never going to end. Uh, and yeah. I like yeah. that. The, I like finite stories. I like a story that can be done. Um, because mm-hmm. I think that allows a storyline to have closure instead of just, and now a bad guy shows up. Right. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about this one that I, you know, I would highly recommend this to anyone who ever's like, hey, I want to dive into a Silver Surfer comic. Where should I start? It's like, you start here. I know everything there is to know about this dude for the most part, the basics, you know? Yeah. And this is like, it's like, hey, I, I could check off Silver Surfer on my list. Will I read another one? Maybe if I feel like it, um, I'm not going to go like seek it out. But if somebody's like, hey, you know, they're you know, this, these guys are doing another run. I'll be like, all right, I'm on. It's it's like, uh, I don't know. I like I like these foundational yeah. character stories that just pull you in and you and you and if he appears in another comic book later, you're like, oh, I know a little bit about him and I can draw from that. Yeah, um, I was gonna say Dan, that run because you have volume one, correct? I have volume one. I'm sure they made another one. I said oh, that there and are, I was like, there oh, I'm sure they made. Another. Yeah, so I have the omnibus right here, and this is how oh, thick it is. Oh, right. So I I don't know how many volumes specifically there it are. It looks like three or four. Uh, <laughs> I think it might be even, even a little bit more than that. It looks like about thirty issues. Thirty issues. So nice. thirty issues is about five uh, five volumes or so. Oh, okay. Um, so, cool, cool, cool. so this collects about five volumes. And is that? And when you end that omnibus, do you feel like ah, oh, and they all lived happily ever after? Like you feel good about it? You don't, you know, it's like I got my Silver Surfer book. I, this is the whole story, but I will not tell you if they all live happily ever after. I'm not going to oh, give you that information. 
You're That's totally to, fine. You're just going to have to read it and find out. <laughs> but yeah. I love it. I'm awesome. I'm so glad well, we got to talk about this. I'm, I'm yeah, so like, sure. whenever people ask me about comics and they, they like, well, I want to talk about a thing you want to talk about. And I was like, well, buckle up because it might get weird. <laughs> um, and shout out uh, to uh, my friend Kyle Clark uh, for because yes. he introduced us. I think it was either yeah. one or two years ago, almost to the day. Um, was it really it was it at his been, birthday party was it his birthday or his fourth of july it was his birthday party oh. um well, i think it was in this year i know i was like I, yeah this is this is jeff i met him at kyle's party yeah well yeah because he was just like hey uh you know you two need to meet like she's doing a podcast and it's about comics and blah 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 so yeah. i'm glad we could finally do it it was supposed to be what four months ago yeah and, and you know why you collapsed and you, yes, the world collapsed. And you did this one because I was like, hey, we're doing Marvelous March, you know, for Mar like Marvel. And you're like, yeah. I got one. And that's why it's a Marvel one for this one. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. you know, if you want me to come back in the future, once you're running out and you need a, you need a DC or an image or a independent book or Dark Horse or anything like that, you let me know. I got a, I got a, yeah. a whole bunch of them behind me ready to read. Actually, I do have a project that I'm doing that I'm not telling anybody yet. And I'm going to be real, um, uh, mysterious here and I'll, I'll ask you after uh but ooh, okay so spooky. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh i would read yes. i would read if this dc one this yes so i fun. want to read that one i saw that one in house of secrets and i was like that looks so good it's primer it. they're sold out yeah oh <gasps> that's they, awesome they sold out uh but it's such a good book it's so much fun and it's an all-ages book and with a female uh lead and it's so so good it looks awesome. Well, we have one tradition here at OCD, which is where we rate the book on a scale of one to five, one being least, five being best, three meaning you'd at least recommend it, and you have to pair it with a noun. With a noun. That is from a noun from the book. Pair it with a noun, noun from the book. Noun from the book. Um, yes. I mean, I wouldn't have picked it if it wasn't a five. Uh, the, okay. The, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. I have I have them all in. Well, it's I'll put it this way: I love it so much that I bought all of the individual issues and then got a, the, uh, a yeah. eighty-five dollar or hundred dollar hardcover of it. So I it. I'm a big uh, fan of silver, and I have to pair it up with a noun. Yeah, noun from the book. So it'll be like five. Here, I'll go first. I agree with you. Five zap, uh, zapper apples. Do you remember those yes, zapper five, apples those that got her right. out of? Yeah, I would yeah, say. I, um, uh, I would say five to me the boards. Yes. <laughs> or to me my boards. To me that? my board. Five. I love that where he's like to me board, and he kind of uh, beckons it like Thor does his hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there it is. Cool. Five. Five, five. could have gotten really awesome. confusing and said five Greenwood twins. And then you'd be like, so was that five or ten? Or ten. Actually, that's so funny. I was going to be like five twins. And then I was like, well, no, that would make sense if it was four because then it'd be two twins. But I don't give this a four. I give yeah. this a five. I give this a five if it's like um, if you're if you're a, like a chill, a chill read, you know, like when I was done, it was good. I was like, all right, check. I did it. I got Silver Surfer Foundation in my head. Cool. It's it's in it's in my log. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd suggest chasing down the next volumes, too. It's definitely okay. it's definitely worth your time and it it, it only gets better. Like the oh, I, the Eisner issue I believe is in the next the next one. Ooh. So so uh, and you'll really like it. Okay. Cool man. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Jeff May, which I feel like when I say your name it shouldn't just be Jeff, it just be Jeff May. I just want to call you Jeff May all the time. It's like That's cool. Perfect. It's, it's only two Ding. syllables. It's fine. Yeah. 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 What's your middle name? Alan. 
Je- okay. We'll stick with Je- Jeff. Jam. Jam? Wait. Yeah. Nope. You can just yep. call me Jeff cool. May if you want. Yeah, that's yeah. I'll call you Jeff uh, May. This was fun. I loved it. I love that I got to yeah. bring it, uh, bring this uh, book to you and share it. And I will yes. make sure to let all of everybody know, including the creators, know that we talked about it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Great. Where can we find you in cyberspace, Jeff? Oh man, I'm all over. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey There Jeffro. That's H E Y T H E R E J E F F R O. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you don't find me on Facebook. How about just don't do that? Uh, that's where my that's for mom. That's oh, that's right. Twitter and Instagram is for <laughs> is for for followers, and Facebook is for me arguing with people from my high school. Oh, um, good. Uh, you can find me, uh, and you already dropped all the information, but uh, I do a show called Tom and Jeff Watch Batman with Tom Ryman, formerly of Cracked, now of Collider. Uh, that is on Gamefully Unemployed. That is a weekly show. I do a bi-weekly show called You Don't Even Like Sports on the Unpopular Opinion Network with Adam Todd Brown. That is a sports podcast for people who do not like sports. So if you don't <laughs> like sports, but you want to hear an awesome podcast, go for it. Sideshow Collectibles is where I do uh, a lot of my visual stuff. You see a lot of my work on there. I do a uh, weekly show called Unsealed and Revealed where I get to just do color commentary where a man plays with a toy. Uh, (laughs) It is such a... What a great gig. I can't believe I have that job. Uh, also, awesome. Sideshow Sideshow is uh, is every other Tuesday through Sideshow Collectibles as well. We're available wherever podcasts are found for free. Uh, all the places. And then um, once comedy becomes legal again, if you want to come to Blast from the Past on Magnolia and Burbank, my uh, monthly show, Mint on Card, is the second Friday of every month it feels like i'm telling you about a thing that's our it's like oh if you want to learn about the dodo bird it's like the dodo <laughs> bird's it's extinct it's extinct stop talking about it um so but yeah about it. can you tell that i'm used to that plug rant when i just kind yes of, I, I, just got, I got i got my plug over. rant i understand yeah okay what do you got well i actually have an outro and uh i'm gonna roll it right now thanks jeff see you later see you later bye bye Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and give OCD a follow on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this episode on. And you can take it a step further and leave OCD a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps me out. Thank you so much in advance. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash OCD Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Later, dudes! Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.